which payments from the U.S. are subject to non-resident withholding? Haven't done my taxes, I'm too turned up. Since this is a separate video from the previous video, and if you haven't seen the previous video, since I'm chopping this into three videos, if you haven't seen this video, what is, what is this for? And why do I have to complete it? It should be in the description below. And you can go and watch it if you want a bigger picture overview on what these forms are for. So now down here, which payments from the U.S. are subject to non-resident withholding? So you, you have a U.S. company that's making a payment to you and they want to pay you but they need to certify your tax status to see if they have to do any withholding. So from here, we need to determine, we don't need to determine, but it's good to do this so that you can maybe show them. Because sometimes, and I see this happen a lot, US companies are withholding taxes on payments that aren't subject to backup withholding. And it kind of makes a mess for the people who are non-residents and it's just, it's unnecessary and it makes a mess. So. Let's go over this. There's a lot of information about it. So we go to publication 515. Let's see if I have this up. So what page? This is page 23. So this is publication five. It's 55 pages. Withholding of tax on non-resident aliens and foreign entities. It's a, a publication for use in 2020 from the IRS. So in here they have what's new, reminders. I can't read the whole form with you. Um, this is all based on the FATCA laws. So let's check down here. Um, withholding of tax. In most cases, a foreign person is subject to U.S. tax on its U.S. source income. Most types of U.S. source income received by a foreign person are subject to a tax of 30%. A reduced rate, including exemption, may apply if there's a tax treaty between the foreign person's country of residence and the United States. The tax is generally withheld, chapter three withholding, from the payment made to the foreign person. Okay, so chapter three withholding, there's two chapters, there's FATCA chapter three and chapter four. I wish I could tell you I was an expert at FATCA law and understanding, I'm not, it's extremely complicated. Um, so we're just gonna go through it very basically, very topically, this is a YouTube video. So don't, you know, this isn't legal advice, right? So the term chapter three is, talks about withholding requirements under section 1441, 14, and this is internal revenue code sections. Um, payments to foreign persons, including non-resident alien individuals, foreign entities and governments may be subject to chapter three withholding. Withholding may also be required on payment to the extent under chapter four. Chapter four refers to these sub um, code sections. Not even going to open the code sections. Let's just stick with this. Um, chapter three withholding does not include withholding under section 1445 of the code. The withholding agent, and this is the withholding agent defined next as the person responsible for withholding the payments. Uh, and the withholding agent is the U.S. company that's making your payment. However, a withholding agent can that can reliably associate the payment with documentation from U.S. person is not required to withhold and they can apply reduced rates and this is all shown in the forms that, that are provided to them okay so withholding requirements under chapter three basically if you're paying u.s source income to a foreign person then you have to withhold um okay so let me see determination amount to withhold when to withhold it's generally 30% is the flat rate on US source for, for um, US source income paid to a foreign person. But I wanna go to further um, different sources here. 
withholding on specific income. This is the IRS website. Let's see where I was going. So that's public 515 is really long. I'm going to go to some other IRS sections and citations that we can refer to. So form 1042 is what the U.S. person files to report the, the tax they withheld and what they use to pay the tax they withheld on payments to non-residents. Sorry if I'm talking too much, um, too fast. Sorry if I'm talking too fast, but it's a lot to get through. It's, it's faster this way. You can watch the video over and over. That's the beauty of video. Okay, so form 1042S is foreign persons, U.S. source income subject to withholding. Fine. So there's a difference between a withholding requirement and a reporting requirement. A withholding requirement relates to the amount required to be deducted and withheld from the payment of income paid to a foreign person. And a reporting requirement involves the filing of information return showing that um, those withholdings. Fine. So effectively connected income that is effectively connected with the conduct of a trade or business in the United States is not subject to U.S. Uh, non-resident withholding. This is very um, misleading. When they say effectively connected income, they mean, and, and this, let's go here. Generally, when a foreign person engages in a trade or business in the United States, all income from sources within the United States is considered effectively connected income. And you basically have to pay tax on this income. So if you're paying, if you're doing business in the U.S., you have offices, you have employees, and you're paying tax in the U.S., you have effectively connected income. And as, as shown on this page, there's no non-resident withholding because you're already paying taxes on this. To avoid the non-resident withholding, you're going to have to disclose and show to the person who's doing the withholding that you have effectively connected income and you are paying tax on it. And that's this form, right? Certification of foreign persons claim that income is effectively connected with the conduct of a trade or business in the United States. So on the first step, if you have effectively connected income and you say, I'm paying taxes, you don't need to withhold, they should ask you for this form. Will they do it? I don't know. And you can see WA Ben Ben E is a beneficial owner solely claiming foreign status or treaty benefits. That's what those forms are for. Okay, so let's go back here. So that's very misleading. Uh, you're still going to have to certify this because, again, the U.S. payer doesn't want to be on the hook. Effectively connected income, not effectively connected with the trader business. A payment is subject to non-resident withholding if it is U.S. source income and either FDAP, which is um, fixed, determinable, annual or periodic or certain gains. And that would be not effectively connected. And they have a page for this, too. So fixed, determinable, annual or periodical income is all exempt or is all is all income except for gains derived from the sale of real or personal property. Um, and this is generally stock. Uh, items of income included excluded from gross income, like tax exempt municipal bond interest. Okay, so this is the tax treatment of fixed determinable annual periodic, which is not effectively connected income. Again, it's not involved with the trader business. And this is withheld at 30%. It's subject to a 30% tax. So so here is where it says it's sub, you, you're subject to 30% tax on this income. And over here on this in this page is where it's required that the payor withhold the income. 
So it's there's two sides. The IRS requires that the U.S. company withhold the income subject to tax. And then there's a side that confirms that the foreign party is it has to pay a 30% tax at this rate because of this. And those two together, they have to match, obviously. And the, and the IRS discusses both sides, right? They don't discuss, if they just said 30% is required to be withheld on these payments, these people, the non-residents could go and file tax returns and request refunds. However, if it's fixed determinable annual periodic income, then you can't request a refund because that's the tax rate you're subject to pay. Okay, so the first one is a doozy. It's, it's the most complicated one, compensation for personal services. I've looked into this so much and this isn't enough information right here. This is compensation for personal services and they should ex include this here. And after a time, I'm not gonna go into it now, but it's for services performed in the United States. It's, it's for services performed in the United States or paid to someone in the US. If a US company is paying personal services to a, a non-resident, if I'm paying for services of a, uh, a web designer in, in Ecuador, then I don't have to uh, withhold any taxes on that because he's not subject to tax in the United States. He's doing his business in his country and I'm doing mine in my country. And it's just an expense. It's money leaving the country. Um, I'm not gonna go into this in this video. If enough of you want to see this, then I'll go into this in a separate video, okay? Um, dividends from U.S. companies, interest from U.S. companies, these are all from U.S. sources. They're all from U.S. people. So um, alimony, real property income, like rental income, other than the gains from sale of real property, and these are subject to FERPTA withholding, and it's a different code section. But basically, if you have property in the U.S., you have to pay tax in the U.S. on it. If you are getting royalty income, scholarship, other grants, sales commissions, commissions paid for a single transaction. And again, these are sales commissions or commissions paid for transactions, which are, th these are examples, right? Which are fixed, determinable, annual, or periodical. If it's a one-time payment, if it's not determinable, if it's just like according to how much you work, like if you get a commission for one thing, a single transaction is listed, but it has to be U.S. source income. It has to be um, fixed. You know, it's it's really tricky as to what it is because it's very broad, and um, and you know, it depends how this is interpreted by U.S. companies. So some U.S. companies are going to interpret it really, really uh, aggressively, and some are going to interpret it uh, very lax and just make your payment and, and move on. Okay. So the reason I, I started making this video today is because I have a client who has an Ecuadorian company who's receiving insurance proceeds and the insurance company is asking for a W-8 Ben E. And we're going to go through and complete the form later in the video, but I wanted to go through this first and see what is subject to not like which uh, is subject to non-resident withholding, right? Which payments to non-residents are subject to withholding. So we're still going through FEDAP income. I don't see anything here about insurance, prizes, purses, prizes for gambling. Um, capital gains really aren't U.S. source income. What capital gains are taxed? If you're a resident, um, then you have to pay tax here. Insurance proceeds, income derived by an, uh, by an insured non-resident alien from U.S. sources upon the surrender of or at maturity, a life insurance policy is FEDAP income. 
the proceeds are income to the extent that they exceed the cost of the policy. However, and these are these look to be income, and this is why I came here. So this is why I started this video today. Income derived by an insured non-resident alien from U.S. sources upon the surrender of or at the maturity of a life insurance policy is FEDAP income. So only life insurance policies, it says here. Um, however, certain payments under life insurance contract before death it may not be subject to tax. Interesting. So if you have a life insurance and you're a foreign person, the U.S. government might, the insurance company might withhold 30% taxes on your payment before it goes to your state. But I don't see anything about business insurance or other kinds of insurance. This is all, specifically mentions life insurance. So this is FDAP income. And this is, um, uh, again, I think this is also FATCA, Governor FATCA. So let's go back to this one. So withholding on specific income, this is for the US person. Effectively connected income, we went over that. Income not effectively connected, FDAP, we went through that. And then specific types of income. This section below discusses specific types of income subject to non-resident withholding. The income codes contained in the section correspond to the income codes used on 1042S. You must withhold tax at these rates unless a reduced rate applies. Okay, so type of income, we have taxable grants, taxable scholarships, investments, income from dividends, rents, royalties, paid to a private foundation. Okay, that's only 4%. Pensions, wages paid to a non-resident employee. Looks like graduated rates. An employee, the IRS defines employee and contractor very differently. Um, and it's again, it's very, very nuanced and very complicated. Like what's an employee, what's withholdable. This video is about insurance proceeds. Each, so when you have a US partnership with foreign partners, it says it here for 37% is required to be withheld for non-corporate partners for individual partners of a U.S. partnership if it had if it's a U.S. tax paying partnership and then 21% for corporate partners and this is the same thing partnership disposition of property disposition of partnership interests dividends and then all other payments subject to withholding and a lot of those are FDAP. So the list below includes some specific types of income. Most are discussed in 515 under the heading withholding on specific income. So let's jump back to 515 with withholding on on specific, oh, right here, 25, withholding on specific income. So summary of source rules for FDAP income. Ah, and this is it. If you have pay for personal services, then the source of the income is determined by where the services are performed. And that's took me forever to figure this out. And when I was doing this before, just to find something written saying this. Um, dividends, interest, rents, royalties, royalties, where the property is used, where the property is located, where the services are performed. And basically, if, if the business takes place physically in the United States, the United States wants taxable wants taxes on it. And these are examples of FEDAP income here again. And that's what we went over. It's the same thing. Insurance proceeds. So 
that's the exact thing we were reading. So let's do something else. Insurance. Yeah, so a lot of this is about foreign insurance companies. Um, okay, so if you're paying insurance, so if, if this is a lot, a lot of the insurance stuff is talk is gauged at foreign insurance companies that are doing business in the US. I don't think it's going to say anywhere here. Let me keep going down. Insurance proceeds. Income paid to US branch of a foreign insurance company. Other income, income code 23. Use this category to report US source FDAP income that is not reportable under any other, any of the other income categories. Um, as discussed earlier, I'm not subject to withholding every kind of, every kind of FDAP income from US sources that is not effectively connected with US trade or business subject to chapter three withholding. And that's withholding at 30%. So let's do it. You should review regulation section definition of withholdable payment to determine if the payment is excludable from the definition of a withholdable payment. We'll see. Let's do it. Except as otherwise provided, the term withholdable payment means any payment of FDAP income and any sales or dispositions, any gross proceeds, sales of property that can produce interest dividends that are U.S. source FDAP income. Yeah, I don't see anything that says insurance, business insurance proceeds are subject to withholding in the U.S. So my my client is asking me for um to fill out a w8 bene to give to a company that's going to pay him insurance proceeds and if he's if they're requesting this form it's because they're considering or are planning to withhold taxes on the payment and although we're doing our research here to determine whether or not the withholding is actually required that company is going to do whatever they want and there's nothing that my client can really do about it otherwise so it really gets into um this is almost a video for u.s taxpayers instead of for foreign non-residents who are completing this form but i'm doing this video just to educate my non-resident clients and people who are completing these forms as to what it's for and as to what payments are subject to withholding so if you're working with a smaller u.s company you can ask them what is the basis by which you are withholding tax on the payments to me please explain that and um you know maybe you can get out of having taxes withheld improperly and if you take a position that taxes were held withheld improperly then we can file a tax return and request a refund and take that position with the irs so um that's that's i guess your option after the taxes are withheld so um I think we really went over really well what payments are, are from the US are subject to non-resident withholding. Now I'm gonna go to my next video. And uh, again, if um, I don't know how this is gonna be edited, but it, this the links to the other two videos I'm doing, what is the form W. Benoit to complete it, which payments in the US are subject to non-resident withholding. 
and how to complete form WA Ben in 2020, WA Ben E in 2020, um, uh, they're all going to be together so you can have a really good picture as to what's going on. And right now, I'm going to um, transition to completing form W8 Band E as, we, um, as we've already gone over what's subject to non-resident withholding and what is form W8 Band E and why do I have to complete it. So if you haven't watched the other videos, go watch them. And if you have questions, comment if you have any questions. And don't, don't forget to like and subscribe, okay? I'm making that as an outro before I go to the next video. So I'll see you at the next video.